Brock Lurie on the Brock Lurie Podcast. So we have a lot to talk about today, and one of the things we'll be talking about is uh, some corruption. Yes, believe it or not, some corruption going on in the in D.C., uh, particularly with uh, Biden and the Hunter Biden story. And it, it just it's one of these frustrating things. I feel like it's uh, sometimes a case that you have as a lawyer and the, the judge just doesn't seem to get it. Um, that happens once in a blue moon in, in my experience. And you just scratch your head and you just figure like, when will this judge get it? And then you end up wondering, well, gosh, is is something else going on here? And the same thing is true in DC with the, the Hunter Biden laptop. It's driving me nuts. Um, I, I just, I don't even know where to begin with that. There's also the transgender story I want to talk about. Um, now Coles apparently is getting in on the woke bandwagon. Uh, this after the dramatic failure of Target and of course, Bud Light. And for that matter, Disney and many of its movies, they see the uh, revenues just tank. I mean, in, in such a catastrophic way. We're talking about billions, not millions, but billions in market cap. And they still go ahead. Oh, OK, I think that's a good idea. Let's let's take that. Um, I mean, it's it's like, hey, let, let's try some fentanyl today. You know, let's have some fun. Uh, you know, I, I hear terrible things are happening, but it might work out for me. That, that's uh, that's the way I feel about it. Well, before we get to that, though. I'm very excited to let you know that we have Jamie Glazoff from a front page mag. Um, and it, we're very excited because he's out with a new book. It's called uh, Barack Obama's True Legacy. And it is a great book. Um, Jamie has dedicated himself uh, for quite a while to write this book. And uh, just like the title suggests, it's about uh, what we really need to learn from uh, Barack Obama and Despite his having a fantastic first name, um, there's some really uh, big issues when it comes to uh, Obama. So, Jamie Glaza, welcome to the Brock Lurie Podcast. What an honor to be here, Barack. Great to bond with you once again. Uh, it's great. We've we've been together on a few uh, in a few occasions, and I I'm it's always fun. It's always engaging. Every time I hear you speak, also, and I've had uh, many times <laughs> occasions of that. I think, okay, well, I got to go to a lunch and I'm going to have Jamie Glasgow speak. It's going to be interesting. And then I come back and I'm like, I can't eat because it's so interesting and so engaging. <laughs> I come back a thinner man. That's that's always good. Um, wow. Thank you so much. Jamie, tell me thank about uh, what inspired you to write this new book, uh, Barack Obama's True Legacy. And then just give me give us a rundown of what your gist is. Well, thank you so much, Barack. Um, like you often say sometimes, is where do you even start? Yeah. Um, I kind of just want to say this for a minute, something that was always on my mind very much. Um, Barack Obama. Daniel Scholar Daniel Pipes documented Obama's Muslim youth. This is documented. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pipes documented this. This is beyond reasonable doubt. Obama was Muslim in his childhood, okay? And then yep. in his early youth. Then, many years later, he has this uh, kind of a Jeremiah Wright narrative. He's in some kind of quote-unquote church. He's some kind of quote-unquote Christian. Um, Brock, let, let, let me put it this way. My dad... Uh, was brought up in the Soviet Union, okay? Atheist Soviet Union. He went on a spiritual journey, got into a lot of trouble from the KGB for it, but 
he explored Buddhism, he explored Taoism, he explored Judaism, he explored Islam, and he found Jesus Christ. And my dad will very openly tell you about his spiritual journey. And with most normal human beings, you can kind of ask them, hey, what's your spiritual journey? Barack, excuse me. Oh, yeah, of course. What what a coincidence. Barack Lurie and Barack that's, Obama. That's, that's why I, I said, uh, despite his great first name, right? <laughs> so, Barack, so the question is, do you? It, it's just fascinating what is not asked in our culture, what is not asked in our society. When was this man asked, hey, you had a spiritual journey. Tell us about it. When was the conversion moment? Tell us about your conversion moment. Yeah. Never asked. There was all this smoke and mirrors. Oh, stop being Islamophobic. Stop being racist. How dare you ask him if he was a Muslim? So what if he was? Not saying anything was even necessarily wrong with it. Yeah, he was well, a Muslim. But, but what's the secret? What's yeah. the secret? Where was this man? When was this man asked? When was your conversion moment? Now, you and I know that there's a little teeny problem connected to that because. If you converted from Islam, in Islamic doctrine, there's such a thing as apostasy. And right. we see what happens to apostates in Iran, in Pakistan, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, you're, you get killed. You're supposed to die. This is Islamic doctrine. So he's an apostate. So there's a very interesting thing there. It's incredible that we live in a world where Anderson Cooper has Stormy Daniels on his show for 10,000 hours asking her, did you use a condom? And this is all very serious and hours and hours of this. And But the real questions that need to be asked of certain people are never asked, you know? So... It's very so the Jeremiah Wright thing, for example, is what you were. You can't. You can, for. Yeah, can't Barack. I just that. want to say you can't have a movie. You could not have a movie about Barack Obama. Just a movie. I just the other day I watched like documentary on Shaq, four parts, and it talked about this part of his life, this part of his life. Can we have a movie about Obama and just have the chapter on his spiritual journey? No, you can't. And, That's fantastic. And yeah. and, and you can't have. A, a chapter on this, then you can't have to a chapter on this. You can't have a chapter on this. All these closed stuff, stuff you can't know about college, stuff you can't know about this stuff. You, this whole secret, you know, yeah. what was he doing in Pakistan in 1981? How come he's never been asked about that? Well, that trip he took there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, not to get too long into a tirade. I'm just saying that that's a, that was a little bit always on my mind. Yeah, And then it was very much on my mind how he didn't get from Bibi what he wanted in 2010. And he said, you sit here. I'm going to go have dinner with my wife. And he goes and has dinner with his family for like an hour or whatever it was and makes Bibi Netanyahu wait for him. Just that, that Jew hatred, that anti-Semitism that's just part of his inner being and the way he needed to humiliate and slight Bibi Netanyahu, making him wait while he had dinner with his family like what an asshole you know <laughs> yeah. and uh and it's very symbolic of who he is and then the way he answered that question on american exceptionalism um it's very very telling so anyway um just very quickly the the, the just those things were always floating around in my mind but overall today we see this there's some kind of tragic comedy unfolding in front of our eyes. It's a black comedy. 
It's some kind of very dark, tragic comedy. Uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, and the United States just sinking into a cesspool, and our country is just being destroyed everywhere you look. You look at the border, you look at the economy, you look over here, you look over here, you look over there, uh, you look at our foreign policy, you look at Afghanistan, you look here, and where was all of this fertilized? During the Barack Obama administration. And I, I'm the editor of this book, I went and got 18 experts and eat, excuse me, there's 18 chapters on the main narratives of Barack Obama and what he did. And there's 12 main experts that took this, this on. And they document meticulously Barack Obama's true legacy and the foundation he set to the catastrophe that we see unfolding today. Wow. Wow. It's a, it's a fantastic way of putting it. Look, he, that is his legacy, isn't it? That he, he showed his fellow Democrats the way uh, by which we can slowly dismantle America and its founding institutions and even free speech for that matter. Uh, he, he's done that. I remember during the Obama years, uh, I think they're all terrible eight years, but I, I remember referring to, uh, talking to you and talking to a couple of other people on our side of the uh, political aisle that I, I never felt more unsafe in America um, than when he was president. Now, now, of course, I almost long for those days uh, compared uh, to what it was like. Now, you know, at that point, we didn't have the January 6th political prisoners and many other things that are going on today. Uh, we didn't have the, the obvious corruption that's going on with the FBI and the DOJ. Uh, but I think your point is a really good one, uh, which is about the legacy that he's left. He, he in a way, opened the door uh, where it was, you know, I, I would say he opened it more than a jar, but nevertheless opened it so that people could just push a little bit further. And and here we are with this massive corruption um, in our in our government. And people are so surprised. I, this is the thing that always takes me aback, Jamie, when we talk about concerns that we have that the FBI is in it, in it for the Democrats and otherwise. Uh, they say, oh, you, you speak like a conspiracist. You 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 have crazy notions. Like, but but don't you understand that our whole country was based upon uh, this belief that government will always act corruptly uh, at some point if you give them so much power, and that's what we're that's what we're seeing right here. I mean, that's the Russian collusion and everything else. So tell me I love I love uh, I love these these people who point the finger at me that I believe in conspiracy theories and they're wearing three masks standing on a dot at Walmart that people said, you stand on this dot. And they're standing on that dot. They've got the three masks on. They're getting their booster every two weeks oh, and right. they're telling, and they can't get a job and go to certain places if they don't have it. And uh, the digital uh, one world digital uh ideas coming and uh the banks are you know collapsing and they're telling me i'm a conspiracy theory a theorist it's hilarious it's hilarious and uh we know that this is obama's third term and uh and it's very very clear what he did to to ignite racial strife and to ignite hatred of america uh, just and 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 the book documents all of this that he uh he did a lot of damage. He betrayed Israel. He enabled Israel's enemies. 
He enabled Islamic terrorism, uh, the persecution of Jewish people, the killing of, of Jewish people, especially in Israel, um, you know, the persecution of Christians. It's all documented there. It's a really scary, horrifying story. And it needs to be told right now because we see, unfortunately, uh, the destruction of this very beautiful country taking place right before our eyes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, so as to your point, uh, ISIS has always been a very interesting um, data point. You know, at the toward the end of the Obama presidency, he talked about how it would take years and years to get rid of ISIS. And, and to you and me and many others like us, we thought, what's the problem here? I mean, it, it's not as if they have an air force. It's not as if they're spread all over the world and have tentacles everywhere else. Let's just go ahead and, and encircle the whole area and slowly move forward into it and destroy these bastards. Well, sure enough, that's exactly what Trump did once he became president. And within six months, he destroyed all of ISIS. Uh, I mean, it made it seem so easy. And and there was Obama saying, or who had been saying, oh, it'll take years and years, that this is an impossible task, after having called them a JV team, as you recall. So, yeah, that is... And guess what? And guess yeah. what? Because of what Trump did, a million very good things happened because of what Trump did. Let me just give you one of the ingredients. Little, young Yazidi girls that were being raped daily. Yeah. by their slave masters were liberated and got away. Yeah. And uh, till this day, at this very moment, there are Yazidi girls and women who are barbarically and savagely raped daily because they are sex slaves. And uh, Barack Obama was okay with that. He was okay with that because they're Christians. And uh, it really that that really tears my heart out and makes me angry because... He could have got he could have done that any day. And Trump did it within six months, like you said. And it just showed that Obama could have done it, did it, but he didn't do it. And and because there is not incompetence, there is malice in his heart. And this is what really, really drives me Barack and, and upsets me and really irritates me about this ongoing willful blindness about what the left is. Oh, this is incompetent. Oh, they're so stupid. What are they doing? And O'Reilly did this all the time. You know, I think Barack Obama's a good man and he wants the best. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Right. There's mal there's malice in the heart of the left. O'Reilly, if you're so confused about why he's doing this, just invite David Horowitz on the show and he'll explain it to you. <laughs> and then you don't have to be fair and balanced all the time and be really confused about why the left is doing this. You know, I really hate all that stuff. Just let's stop being confused about why the left is doing what it's doing. Learn about what Marxism is. Listen to what they say. And it is rooted in malice and destruction. They hate freedom. They hate the nuclear family. They hate our creator. They hate individualism. They hate prosperity. And they want to destroy everything. It's not that complicated. Yeah. You know, it's but people, but people can't, uh, most I would say a very large majority of human beings cannot look at the truth. And so we continue with this, you know, till this day, you know, on Fox News, even they, you know, the, they'll ask it, then now the trans thing, and they'll go, so what? I mean, it's a man dressed as a woman. I mean, what's going on here? And then the, 
the person that's on the right side will go, you know, I really can't wrap my head around this. Well, do you want to wrap your head around this? Like, it's not that complicated. It's yeah, a, it. there's a, that's there's it. a spiritual war going on yeah. and Satan hates God's creation and he's blurring the genders. It's not, that complicated but anyway go ahead my friend it's, it's, it's interesting what you say because it is I, I believe just like you do that the way to understand obama and for that matter the left and and his continuing legacy to use your title um is that it makes more sense to understand it through the lens of malice uh, mm -hmm. and intent uh, it does not make sense it literally does not make sense to assume that uh, everything that we're seeing is is a, a consequence of incompetence that is just just mistake, one mistake after the other. If, if it were that case, then you'd expect them to get it right every once in a while, mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. very least, but they don't. They seem to always get it wrong. And that that dog don't hunt with me. I mean, it's under the mm -hmm. theory that even a broken clock is right twice a day, I don't see them being right uh, even once a day. And there's, there's mm -hmm. nothing that we... That we can look back on Obama, for example, and for that matter, Biden, and say, you know what, he got that right. Okay, good. Okay, well, you know, I got, I got to give him that, but we don't mm -hmm. see that, uh, we don't hear that. Mm -hmm. And I think literally everything Obama did, uh, talking about legacy, uh, was destructive, one way or the other. Yeah, he made he made a couple speeches about how important being a father is. Uh, that's nice. I, I get that, but that had nothing to do with policy, uh, and I don't even believe that he believes that. Uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. So, and he did the same thing with gay marriage at a certain point. He, you know, they just throw these little morsels a little bit just to keep every, you know, until they get power. You know. Yeah. One more thing I want to talk to you about is just you know to before we get into some of the transgender news uh, lately because there's always something new about that, right? Uh, and, and just uh, an interesting dynamic is, uh, well, I, I guess my my question to you is about what you what was the most exciting epiphany when you wrote this book i i'm i will always ask every author of every book what is the thing that you learned most about that uh, frankly shocked you or disturbed you or felt that was an epiphany of sorts well that's a very good question um i don't think i really learned oh no wait wait i don't want to say that of course i'm always of course i'm always learning and the experts that contributed on this book uh there was so much that i didn't know and there continues to be a lot that i didn't know so i didn't i don't mean it in that way as as we know a great man once said all we know all i know is that i know nothing right right so i didn't i didn't mean it in that way but with me, it was more the accumulation of the story. Yeah. And it was such an honor to have every one of these experts. And General Michael Flynn writes the foreword to the book. And the way that they put the whole package together. And, you know, we deal with uh, Trevor Loudon deals, for instance, with, you know, uh, the Ill illegal aliens. And then Daniel Greenfield deals with, you know, the betrayal of Israel. And then we have Raymond Ibrahim dealing with the persecution of Christians. And then Joseph Klein talks about Obamagate. And the way that it all came together. And when I put these essays by these experts together, and I'm the editor of the book, the way that it all came together, um, I realized I was in a haunted house. 
I was in, the, it, it was a horror story. And, right. uh, and I realized this is really, really scary stuff. And, you know, sometimes, you know, these leftists too, they, a lot of them, definitely malice, but a lot of them too, out of stupidity and naivete, and all of a sudden they're in front of a Maoist execution squad. And, uh, but they had given their lives to the revolution. Uh, what I mean by that is we see the evil developing, but sometimes we don't even see how fast it developed and what it really is, you know? Yes. And uh, I think I would just like to answer in that way that I was always learning a lot and putting, assembling uh, these incredible essays and all of this information. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, there comes a moment when everything comes together and you realize how evil uh, this, this really is, who this person is, what his agenda is, and, uh, and how, he how he's the architect of so much and then all the leftist demons are doing their jobs, you know? It's just uh, sometimes maybe it seems that I'm going off, but at the same time, there's a little bit of a method to my madness when I'm putting all these pieces in the puzzle together. Because Barack, you bring up the you brought up the transgender thing, and the other day I'm just watching and I'm just thinking, we have men dressing up as women, mm -hmm. gyrating their asses in front of five year old kids. Yeah. And there's parents standing and clapping. And you just look at that picture. And then you ask yourself, how come they're not in senior citizen homes doing this to senior citizens? Right. And, and, uh, and then you there just in a moment in time, you realize that, that Satan is here and that there's a spiritual war in front of our eyes and that there are major, major consequences to what is happening that are not good. And I don't mean to sound like an evangelist here, but I'm just saying God cannot be mocked, and there will be chastisements when 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 we mock God and things like this go on. Anyway, I'm returning here. Um, I apologize for kind of my long-winded tirade sometimes, but in the book, in with the book in general, there was a moment when all of these wonderful, brilliant experts put all these essays together, and. Uh, I was confronted by something much more horrifying and evil. I guess you could say that I I knew it was evil, but sometimes when it's illustrated to you right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, it's interesting. You you talk, you know, one, one of my gifts, and I think one of your gifts, is that you can you ask the question, for example, it was a brilliant question. How come they do not do all these gyrations in front of senior senior citizens, right? Mm -hmm. that's that's an interesting question and it, it begs the, the question in return well therefore why are they doing it in front of kids obviously they're doing it and you and i know the answer they're doing mm. it because they want to destroy childhood and the innocence of childhood mm. and to break mm. down all these things and it's it's a way of dismantling the, the distinction between male and female i, mm. I in my books that mm. uh you know here we are breaking that particular distinction down claiming that uh, transgenders uh, can't get a break. We really need to understand them. All these people, and, and and I ask the same the how come question, because how come we don't focus on people with Tourette syndrome or celiac, or mm -hmm. uh, blind people, deaf people, uh, left-handed people, the colorblind people? I mean, all mm -hmm. these people suffer a hell of a lot more than mm -hmm. this so-called suffering. Mm -hmm. Transgendered mm -hmm. men 
who can't go and show their penises in front of young girls in a locker room mm. or bathroom. I, I think that they suffer a lot more. How about that? As a, as a working, mm. right? And, and, mm. and the, the answer comes racing when you think about it, that the reason why we are focusing on transgenders who are wildly uh, a much, much smaller part of the population than all those other groups I mentioned, why is it? Why do we focus on those people? Clearly, left-handed people, colorblind people, and all those have a lot more suffering going on. Mm. We don't turn mm. our civilization around them. Here's the reason mm. why. Because mm. the transgender things evokes the male-female distinction. If mm. you can destroy that distinction, you can destroy civilization. Mm. Mm. You won't destroy and civilization the, and, if you have left if you focus on left-handed people or colorblind people, right? And they always you know, I studied psychopaths for many, many years in my book. She had a psychopath, and this this is on every level. And but they always paint themselves as victims. They're so brilliant at doing this. Yeah, yeah. And now, if you're the Dodgers, or if you're a baseball team, or if you're a police uh, precinct, and you don't wear the LGBTQ hat and flowers and everything, you're a murderer. If you don't put this on, you're a murderer. And there are trans people out there getting killed because you won't put that hat on. They're very, very clever how they orchestrate their arguments. And they're the perpetrators, but they make themselves the victims and make you feel guilty for supporting truth. They're brilliant at how they do this. And, and that's why they win and they're winning because the left is they're they're experts at their game and it's a psychopathic game and they're very good at it and conservatives in general are just good-hearted people they just want to have a barbecue and live their life and uh it's very hard to fight political war against these serpents right well that, that's their raison d'etre is to get into yeah. the political soup and to fight all the time mm. our, our raison d'etre is to you know live and let live and to get you know get the government off my back we just want we want to work uh, so mm -hmm. it's different. We have, you know, their priority is to destroy us. Our priority is to be left alone. And uh, unfortunately, that's that's a losing game from our point of view. Let's talk a little bit. Yeah. And Barack, what's very important to know about Obama, John Drew has a chapter in my book, the, the young Obama that he knew. It's the beginning of the book. He knew him in his youth and the college and, the, you know, they were Marxists and Obama was a Marxist. So he talks about how Obama was for the revolution at that time, et cetera, et cetera. But it's interesting, the progression of Obama, because we know that there's the hateful Marxist who wants the revolution and to destroy America. And John Drew writes about that fascinating essay. Everybody's got to read it. But then we know that Obama educated himself. And read about Saul Alinsky and then wrote about, now, how do we do this more cleverly? And Obama understood it very well. Hillary understands it very well. Biden understands it. Kamala understands it. They, they realized after a while, but Obama was perfect at it. Don't grow their long hair. Don't scream. Don't yell. Don't flip tables over. Put on a tie. Put on a suit. Yes. Have a nice haircut and be just like them. And you can destroy the middle class by becoming a part of the middle class. Yeah. And they're very clever because there's certain fronts in this revolution. And Obama knew how to come with smiles. They come with smiles, you know? In in uh, the movie Broadcast News, one of my favorite yeah. movies, it's a long time ago, but 
uh, it had uh, William um, Hurt in it. And uh, he plays a very conniving newscaster. And at one point, um, another newscaster who's somewhat jealous of him uh, regarding a woman who, you know, she he likes. And anyway, he, he tells her the reason why he doesn't like this William Hurt character is because he's the devil. And she starts mm. laughing, like, what an absurd thing. And then he said, don't you understand? The devil would never show himself up with the red, you know, red outfit, mm. and a, a tried mm. spirit, a tail and a goatee and everything else. He, he, of course, yeah. he, he would show himself as a very presentable, handsome. Mm. Otherwise, look, and, and then she's finally convinced and she understands that he indeed is the devil. Mm. Uh, and he reveals himself at the end of the day. So mm. I, I think that's what we're seeing here. And it's shocking to me. Um, they try to normalize very evil things, mm. uh, especially the transgender issue. Uh, you saw this Nebraska woman. I, I Unfortunately, I can't play the clip, but she's screaming in front of the legislature. We need trans people. We love trans people. Uh, and it goes on and on about that. It's, a, it's very bizarre how she talks about it. Uh, not the best speech uh, I've ever heard because it's kind of somewhat repetitive, shall we say. Um, not quite the Gettysburg Address, not quite George Washington's uh, farewell address, not quite Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, but nevertheless, it's a speech of some sort. And she's she obviously sounds crazy, but this is this is the the adamancy, the the the, the total uh, vitriol and anger that we're seeing from mm. left on, on transgenderation, mm. and it mm. is such a fulcrum moment, uh, Jamie. Mm. I think it, it is the ultimate moment, and they're trying to use this. They see this as their opportunity. People are buying into it. And, and it's so important to them, Jamie, that they will uh, manipulate uh, big companies like uh, Dodge and Ford Raptor. Uh, sorry, Ford Raptor, uh, Ford. Uh, the Dodgers, we just heard about. We heard, of, of course, about Bud Light. Uh, we talked about Target. We talked about Kohl's now. They, they are all massively losing billions in market cap and nevertheless proceeding uh, to engage in this. So something is going on, Jamie. My personal feeling is that no reasonable business would agree to, to do the, the things that Target has been doing, that Bud Light has been doing, when they know that it will destroy their business. So mm -hmm. something else is going on. Now, the only thing that I can explain about it is that some, I mean, one one easy answer is that someone's being blackmailed. There's some sort of extortion going on. There's some sort of threat. I don't know what it is, um, but everyone's got somebody, um, something that they have to worry about. And Jeffrey Epstein knew about that. Uh, so mm. it's um it's an interesting dynamic, and I I I fear that there's much worse stuff going on in the back scenes. We we see this with Target, we see that with with Bud Light, and they just keep on doubling down, even though they know it's so de detrimental to their business. What do you mm. think? Well, absolutely, Barack. And we're uh, when we're ridiculed for being conspiracy theorists, and yet the evidence is right in front of us. A lot of these orders come from somewhere, whether it's to stop counting votes vo votes somewhere at midnight for somewhere. Yeah, and then all of a sudden somebody's ahead 800,000 votes within four hours, you know, like those orders come from somewhere. Uh, what happened in the hospitals during COVID where everything was being marked down as COVID, even if somebody died from bungee jumping, uh, you know, just these masks and these vaccines and all these orders that, though that came from somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, 
and people a lot of people don't want to believe it but hey there there is a there is a cabal and there are certain forces and uh, there is, there is the Klaus Schwabs and the George Soroses and the World Economic Forum and there 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 is a there there's a groups of certain people that have a lot of power and then they go in stages and these things are sometimes planned not just years ahead but decades ahead and a lot of people don't want to believe this and i often wonder have you had enough yet have you had enough are are like are you gonna open your eyes sooner or later to just uh when you just think about people showing up with a needle with a potion in it and they're saying, you don't know what's in here, but this is good for you. And then all of a sudden all these people are dying and people are getting myocarditis and, and uh, you know, have, have you not had enough yet? And so we know that there's a lot of uh, pop, there's this trans thing. It's just not materializing out of thin air. You know, they go in, the, in these stages, you know, and then we've got this all of a sudden Black Lives Matter and they're just destroying black neighborhoods. Yeah. And uh, and then there's just BLM, BLM, BLM. And then all of a sudden it's it's together with COVID. And then all of a sudden you've got to wear a mask. And now all of a sudden it's trans, 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 trans. And there there are certain forces pulling the strings. Yeah. And there's people out there that are documenting this stuff. And uh, there are dark, nefarious forces. And uh, at the Freedom Center and at many other places, there are people documenting who these people are and what these forces are and what they're after. And uh, and they're doing it. And the trans thing is very, very central for them in terms right. of what they're doing. And so at the risk of people, and, and I know, and I don't care anymore. People want to start rolling their eyes. And my only question is, uh, when will you have enough until you want to understand what's going on? So I'm of the Christian faith. You're of the Jewish faith, Barack. We, we, we differ on some things in terms of our view of who Satan is and how he operates. But there's a lot that we share in our viewpoints, obviously, in terms of spiritual battle. And, you know, there's a spiritual war going on. And I just want to add that uh, the Lord made them male and female. And he said to, to be fruitful and multiply. And when we see the opposite of that, when we see an entity and entities that are trying to blur the genders, and we know that there's so much hatred there of God's creation. And uh, this is a spiritual war. And that's what leftism is. And uh, it just has its different components and stages. Because leftism is a war against God's creation. And it began with Satan's fall. And Cain killing Abel was the first murder of the communist revolution, the pretension to equality. And now we have this, this movement towards quote-unquote equality, but it's getting more ferocious. Because now they're just not going to kill the kulaks. Now they're not, it's not just class war. It's not just, you know, race war. Now it's entering into the gender war. So it's very much a spiritual battle, and it's rooted in the hatred of our creator and what he created and in the genders. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. In my books uh, regarding atheism, I, I make the point, and I think I'm right, that the very essence of communism and fascism, but particularly communism, was uh, atheism. And that they wanted to destroy, it was the, it was the core, the core issue. Solzhenitsyn said it, that atheism is at the root of communism. Mm. That mm. 
its very essence, its raison d'etre is to destroy mm. God. And I and mm. I and that's why they were destroying all the churches and the synagogues. Yep. It's the biggest threat to them. And and uh, yes, greatest freedom that people experienced was when they actually were able to study the Bible. And that's the first mm -hmm. thing. It's not. It's not <laughs> nothing else was yeah. important for them, free speech wise. Yeah. But I want to absolutely, about, absolutely, about this, and the uh, trend. Barack, yeah, go ahead. the transgenderism is very important to them. We always have to keep inside in mind too that this is stages. So there's a movement happening, the transgenderism, but it's very interwoven with transhumanism. Yes, yes, and uh, and very they're much. moving towards, they're blurring the genders. And then, hey, this is neat. Just putting this chip in here. Wow, I can do this. And then all of a sudden, you're not thinking the way that you want to think because somebody else is controlling it. But ultimately, we're entering this world of transhumanism. And again, uh, you will not be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast in the New Testament. We, you know, People thought that this was a conspiracy theory five, ten years ago. We can see it happening now. Oh, you and Barack, like President Trump, and you guys were talking about how President Trump is a good guy. Sorry, your credit card doesn't work until you have better views. Bye-bye. <laughs> and, uh, and pretty soon they just turn that chip off. So we're entering a very scary time. Yeah. I think there's an attack on free will itself, which is the core yes. issue of, uh, you know, atheism. They they can't stand the idea of free will. Mm. And they, if they can get rid of free will, so much the better. Mm. Uh, and and mm. I, I think that uh, democracy is the biggest threat. They hate democracy. They claim to love democracy, of course, because that's what they're supposed to do in order to get you to love them. But in reality, they hate democracy for all mm. sorts of reasons. Um, the mm. last thing they want is to some, somebody to disagree with them, So uh, especially with mm. their big social programs. Uh, mm. it's, it's very fascinating. I, I think... Uh, going a little bit to the transgender issue back, uh, you know, because I, I really want to get your take on this. Bud Light facing a, a market cap uh, loss of $15.7 since April. Target losing $10 billion in 10 days. Uh, then the Los Angeles Dodgers with what they did and the screw up there. Uh, and now they're re-inviting re this. What is it? The Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence? Yeah. Uh, yeah. These people are clearly mocking Catholicism, and I and mm -hmm. I think all Christianity, generally speaking, mm -hmm. love mm -hmm. to mock them. It, had we done the exact same thing, mocking uh, transgenders, can you imagine what would happen? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, this is uh, these are things that should be very disturbing to us all. And what you said was fascinating because, look. They they are more than happy to destroy Christianity. They're more than happy to to attack us, but this is a long term game plan. Um, mm -hmm. And and here we are, uh, and we are doing very little about it. We're being told it, we're constantly being on the defensive. We're on our heels, uh, having to say things like, "Oh, you know, live and let live." Um, you know, we, we our heart goes out to the transgender. I, I don't discriminate against transgender, but. You know, when you find yourself saying that, you're already you've already lost the argument. Mm -hmm. the, the, the transgender madness is truly madness. You have to say you mm -hmm. cannot be a man cannot be a woman and vice versa. You've got a problem with that, go see your local shrink. That's what you got to do. Uh, you don't chop off body parts, and you certainly don't encourage children to think uh, you know about chopping mm -hmm. other body parts. That mm -hmm. to me is one of the most evil things I think we've dealt with in the past decade, uh, not decade, a century. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had eugenics, we had all sorts of uh, 
experiments that happened with mm -hmm. uh, uh, blacks and LSD back in the 60s, as we know. Uh, and then, of course, the abortion culture that we have, which is horrific in and of itself. And now we're doing this, the transgender uh, issue. I, I find that fascinating that that, uh, you know, we're living right in the middle of something akin to eugenics, but maybe even worse than eugenics. And I, God willing, will look back on this horrible time and say, I can't believe that we were encouraging children to cut off their penises, to, to chemically castrate themselves and so forth. So, uh, you know, here and, we mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ahead, and and Barack, I know you're on one level just being rhetorical there where we can't believe I, I get I get your point. But once you know what the left is, we can believe it because it makes total sense. Right. And I just always want to add that because, yes, it's shocking. And we rhetorically say we can't believe it. But. When you read Mao's writings and how he's saying it's very important to kill millions and millions of Chinese people, um, when you learn what Stalin was doing and what Pol Pot was doing and that all of this was architected in Parisian universities by Parisian intellectuals, um, it all makes sense. And they can lose and companies can lose millions and billions of dollars and they'll still do it. Because the Soviet Politburo members in the late 30s, when Stalin made a speech and basically was telling them that there's going to be purges and they will die, and they exited the pur they exited the Politburo meetings screaming, Stalin, Stalin, Stalin. There's a certain death wish that begins here. And we're we're in an atmosphere now where you just take 20 people off the street and you just have a couple uh leftist people sitting around like AOC and Kamala Harris and they have some power and you ask them does a woman have a penis and now such a large number of people just sit there and go I don't know because they're so scared and terrified and intimidated now we're in this atmosphere where the Gestapo is narrowing in and it's just an insane time because you're not allowed to say that a woman does doesn't have a penis um, and they can lose millions and millions and millions of dollars, companies, et cetera. It doesn't matter. In the end, it's not about economics. No. It's about inflicting terror into human beings and mutilating them and maiming them. And uh, the next stage to the Pol Pot killing fields, but just on another level, which includes child sacrifice, which is one of Satan's delicacies. Because yeah. what's happening here is child sacrifice. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, Jamie, and I think I'll, I'll conclude from at this point because, you know, one of the takeaways I've got from this podcast with you is, and, and I think it's so important for our, our audience to appreciate that it is far more easy to understand uh, the paradigm that's going on now by way of, of malice, an actual intent to destroy things, because it's the only thing that really explains it um, in a 100% in a manner. Uh, the in incompetence alone would simply not explain it. it. It's just, it does not make any sense. Clearly, there's... Yeah, and Barack, what really drives me is uh, is that they are my enemies. Like, just even the conservatives, the people who... There's a lot of people who can't hear this, Barack. Yeah. They can't hear what I have to say. Even a lot of conservatives, they don't want to hear 
how bad things really are because they're emotional cripples. They can't continue. And I get a lot of, Jamie, you need to have faith. No, no, no. You need to have faith. That's right. Because for, because for me, the darker it gets and the more realistic we are in looking at the darkness, for me and for us as Christians, we should be celebrating in the streets because we know Jesus' return is closer. And 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 we know that God is real. And a lot of my Jewish brothers and sisters who are believers have the same mentality. We still celebrate life every day. Yes, it's difficult and justice is difficult, but we have to accept the truth and then we can arm ourselves. So <clears throat> I'm sorry that I interrupted and sometimes talk too much, but I just want to get this out who my enemies are because in the mid-1930s, there were certain Jewish people who were saying in, in, in Europe and in Germany, these people who have come to power are going to engage in genocide against us. And there were other Jews, part of that community, that were very condescending, saying, you're such a pessimist. I'm an optimist. Be optimistic. We have to be optimistic. We're, we're at the height of civilization. This will never happen. And you see, those people who did that, they made it easier for the Nazis to say, you know what? Just put on this little star here. It's for your own good. Now, look, there's these trains over here. Come, come, come. Just get on the train here. Get on the train and everything will be okay. The portion of the Jewish community that silenced and ridiculed and belittled condescendingly the Jewish people who were warning of the evil that was coming, their hands are drenched in the blood of, of, the, of what happened in the Holocaust. Right. The Jews that gave Gaza to Hamas with Oslo syndrome, their blood is drenched. Their hands are drenched in the blood of the Jewish children that are being bombed daily in Israel by Hamas. My point is that when those people who tell us that we're paranoid and everything will be okay and stop stressing the negative, they are actually preventing our our ability to arm ourselves and to be prepared just like the jews could have armed themselves on certain levels and be more equipped to have dealt with the threat if those condescending optimistic people were not as successful as they were do you see my point i do i and do so anyway. so today the people that tell me and you be more optimistic have <laughs> faith no 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 yeah. these people are evil and this is what's coming down the line. And there are people in white coats that call themselves doctors. There's lots of good doctors. But I'm just saying, there are certain people part of this establishment, all because somebody wears a white coat and has a needle with a potion in it and says, it's your turn. It doesn't mean that they have your interests in mind. Yeah, you're so right about that. What you're saying is that you know we're, we're enabling and giving comfort to the, to the enemy uh, which of course only emboldens them more, and that and that's the dangerous situation. Look, Voltaire um, said it very well a long time ago: if you can get people to believe in absurdities, you can get them to commit atrocities. Mm. And that is exactly what's going on. That the the idea that we're believing this uh, transgender madness, uh, and, and that we should we should assume that every third person is is uh, has a transgender issue of some kind. It's it's so absurd. And now we're beginning to commit atrocities. I mean, first, first of all, upon the kids themselves, uh, that we're robbing them of their innocence, and then in many occasions, actually uh, causing mutilation of their bodies uh, before they're 18, well before they're 18. 
So these are atrocities that are coming out. And once we discover that we're doing that, then then why not go further with other things? Why not get rid of, you know, quote unquote, undesirables or deplorables, uh, as the more au courant phrase uh, goes these days? That's what we're facing. Look, to, to wrap up, uh, Jamie, um, the idea is that people think, and, and really to kind of glom off of what you were just saying, Jamie, that you should be more optimistic, you should uh, not worry so much, and such, uh, America is always great. No, uh, it, the point is that most countries are banana republics. Most countries are corrupt. Most countries have these sort of conspiratorial issues going on all the time that would manipulate um, their countries for their personal gains, whatever that personal gain might be defined as. America is no different. It's not as if we have a different DNA in, in a, the American body because we live in, in the North American continent. It's not because, not like that at all. On the contrary, it's because of our government system that has the checks and balances that minimizes corruption, God willing. But we are slowly eroding those um, fail-safes. And, and people are still thinking that the fail-safes will indeed prevent all this massive corruption that we're beginning to see. So it's right there in front of us, as Jamie is pointing out. Um, and this uh, great book of his, Barack Obama's True Legacy, please go out and get it um, in whatever form you can. I'm sure it's on Amazon and, and other places. And uh, Jamie's a great writer. I, I've come to really enjoy his writing. It's, uh, it's a gift. Uh, he is a gift to us all. And uh, listen to him uh, very carefully. It, it may sound depressing sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, but only because he's he's telling you as a Christian and otherwise, and as an American, that we need to take action. If we don't take action, we'll only have ourselves to blame. Uh, we look back as, and uh, Jamie just mentioned about the Holocaust, we look back on all the, the, the steps we could have taken to avoid this madman named Hitler. Well, maybe we're, Maybe we're at that stage right now um, where we're just going to have to really fight. We have to step up and, and, and be the great Christians and Jews that we can be to fight. Mm. Jim, thank you so much for appearing on the mm. Barack Obama podcast. You've mm. been a real mm. pleasure. Please do go get Barack Obama's true legacy. Uh, go check it out because uh, you, it really will open up your eyes. Thank you, Jamie Glassoff. Barack, did you do this show because your first name is Barack? <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> that's it uh, you're very very funny uh, no 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 actually that's not that's why I didn't become a stand up comedian that's not really that funny it's such an honor and pleasure to, to have been here and I always really enjoy conversations with you and thank you so much for letting me speak a little bit at length I really appreciate it you are welcome all the best and God bless okay thank you